All right, welcome to episode seven. Yes. Holy smokes. Se- episode seven of the Island Green. I'm Landon, that's Nick, and uh, we're here to talk about Atlantic Canada golf, golf in general. Before we go any further, though, I want to make, uh, you know, give a big shout out to our sponsor, our partner at coolbet.com. A lot of you guys have been messaging us with uh, some of the bets that you're making, some really long parlays that, you know, Hail Mary type bets. Um, and, uh, but anyway, we really appreciate everyone using that. It's been, it's been going great. I've real, I'm really enjoying the site. You, you're, uh, you're on a losing streak. Yeah. I got my screen up here and all I can see a bunch of red losts on the right hand <laughs> column there. Yeah. I but gotta, you're also doing like 22 game parlays. I know. <laughs> I got to hit show more just to find a green one. I, I have to say, I, clicked on this is always a losing thing but i was showing my wife the craps a part of the casino because it's live craps and she's like what do you mean it's live so i was already watching it for excuse me a little while and then she came in and uh i i clicked on it and she's like that that could be recorded so i'm i sent a chat message to the dealer who and they're always reading them as they go and they were and i my name on the thing is island green pod and he's like, hey, Island Green Pod, how are you? And this is the dealer that I'm watching. Really? Yeah. And we had a whole conversation. The guy was actually from Canada. By the way, that the, the casino part of that site is in Latvia, the guy, <laughs> guy told me. And uh, anyway, but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it, it's so cool. I mean, you could go in there and I, I mean, we, we spent Saturday night. We both put in 100 bucks and decided that we we're going to try and play the craps for a little bit. I'm all about the um, the incoming bets. You see other people's bets and stuff. And I know. In my head, I'm like, well, all these guys must know what they're talking about. I'm gonna, f- I'm, I'll just copy this, copy yeah, this, copy I this. I do like that a lot, especially when you look at like soccer, five dollar return for three thousand. Like, yeah, yeah, you know what? I'll take that lottery bet. No, no question. Yeah. Um, Turkey versus Netherlands in uh, World Cup qualifier. Yeah, like I don't we know, know anything just, about yeah. that. Uh, but anyway, use Green 100. Um, and for any of your sports betting, you're going to double your deposit there uh, for initial customers. Again, thanks very much to CoolBet. Moving on. Yes. Uh, our, it is beautiful out, and the bubble's going to be opening. Great news this week. April 19th, pending everything stays as it is. Yeah. Uh, bubble open, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, no quarantine, no isolation. Are you looking forward to that? Oh my God. What do you, <laughs> next question. <laughs> yeah. Oh, holy smokes. Like it, it's going to be, I mean, right now the last four days have been, you know, over 10 degrees here and everything is melting. I'm looking over, kids are playing soccer, Glenn Stewart school. Like this is just, uh, just a little taste. It's going to get cooler apparently on the weekend, but. It's a tease, but uh, we're on the right track. I think, you know, there'll still be a freeze and a thaw and a freeze and a thaw before uh, everything golf-wise opens up, but... Um, Crazy. 11 I, degrees, 11 degrees, and then it goes to 2, 3, 6, 0, 4, then it gets to 7 and 3. Anyway, it's all kind of up in the air when you get that far out in the forecast, but yeah. anyway, uh, we'll get to uh, sort of the course conditions comments uh, a little bit later on. Um, you saw my uh, mine and my partner's round from the Blue Lobster Cup on Monday. Yeah, yeah, I did actually. I got uh, tagged in the uh, the Twitter feed for Belvedere there after nine, and I was a li- I'll, I'll admit 
I mean, that was pretty, I mean, what was it, 30 front nine? We were 30 on the front, yep. Uh, I was I was a little concerned, though, because I didn't get out an update until like four hours <laughs> after that one. So yeah. I thought, ooh, boys, maybe they... Uh, a little back nine stumble. Yeah, which is which, which may or may not happen, but you didn't. You were, you were birdied 18 for a 61. Eagle 18. Oh, it was an eagle? It's a par five. Okay. Uh, we were playing Lynx at Spanish Bay for the Blue Lobster Cup. Uh, it's ongoing this week, so... Uh, I think it wraps up on Sunday, but we were the first group to to oh, okay. like yeah. post a score. Yeah, and 18's a par five, fairly long, and we ended up on the back edge in two, and the putt was severely downhill, oh, and God, basically you just tap it, here and we, it, we just yeah. watch, watch, watch. You think it's gonna stop? Yeah. Keeps going, going, and in the bottom she like went big, big high fives. Did you do belly bumps? Uh, ran towards each other and big, you know, knuckles. Oh, that was it. Okay, yeah, just knuckles. Nice celebration. Um, (laughs) Jack, Jack, the simulator police was watching us tightly, so we couldn't get too crazy. Post and Post and Adam just kind of hanging their heads there. I mean, they shot a pretty respectable sixty-six, but you left them in the dust. Yeah, we were had a little side game too, so uh, maybe they're probably more disappointed than that. Rule number one of simulator golf: don't bet Mark Burke and any way shape or form yeah he gets it done in there he does get it done he was uh, so tell me who was you know was it a team effort total team effort or it was yeah i carry a little bit i mean you can be honest i did the post-round interview and it was more humorous to but uh we both actually played really good okay fair enough we both drove it good we every hole let's just say we had really good options for second shots which was good and i would say 16 of the 18 holes we had really good options for birdie putts so it was. Uh, I'm really. We played really this, well this summer. Now, like obviously, sim golf is one thing, but you know, I just can't oh, wait to see these man. scores between Berkey on Thursday nights and you playing wherever the hell you're going to be playing. I, it's. I can't wait to see. It's so hard but, to not honestly get you in the mental state of oh my god, like I'm going to light it up this year, <laughs> because you have to. You have to really. I, I just. Take I mean, it for what it is. Exactly. I mean, obviously, there's no wind blowing in your face and all that kind of stuff. Because I was thinking the same thing. I played Sunday, Monday, um, and in the simulator, and just kind of going along. And I was driving it okay. And and but you know the approach shots. I mean, in the simulator, it's like ah, oh, it's 20 feet. and You're disappointed, and you're thinking, well, yeah, wait a minute now. If if I'm hitting it to 20 feet outside, I, pff, I mean, I'll take that all day. What about the the? I haven't had to make an eight foot putt yet in uh, oh. in four months. <laughs> when you're yeah, playing with your group uh, and you, you're like eight foot, that's seven six boys. That's good. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's gonna be. It, I can't wait. It just. I think now that the the countdown is on. Ben a couple of weeks ago gave us. Uh, I've been thinking about the Creek Open since he basically said that. Like a week after the Masters, he's he's thinking about that might be go time. Now, typically. South Shore, Nova Scotia, uh, yeah. would open up a little earlier than we do, and like the valley there, uh, like a Fox Hollow and a Penn Hills, they're yep. they're very typically open up sooner. Yeah, and I I do know that a, a contingent of PEI people usually take a day trip over to get around in before we do. Would, would you ever do something like that? A hundred percent, but we won't be open. Well, actually, April nineteenth. Yeah, God, they'll probably be open. They'll be open soon down there. Yeah. In a lot of those spaces, like is that like Digby Pines? Is that the yeah? That's uh, yeah, Digby. That's a little far to go for the round. Yeah, um, but played there years ago. Fox Hollow is usually in Penn Hills are usually pretty popular spots because they're not that far. They're yeah. just past Truro. There, crazy how you know 
down like southern Nova Scotia basically, it's almost like a different climate. You know, like they wouldn't have any snow right now for the no. most part. And it, it, I don't know, I just I, it just doesn't seem like that far uh, further south to have like a that much warmer weather and them to be open that much, you know, like we're talking like an hour or two drive down that down that way. Yeah. Yet they get another month of golf. Um, yeah, I I know in the past uh, obviously people have uh, gone over for a day just to kind of get a couple rounds in but you know if if there are courses if 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 it's april 19th pi is not gonna be that far behind like weather wise we could be say the 25th of april one of our courses is going to be open i don't know if i'm going to drive over just for six days in the difference but if we weren't looking till say second week of may or first week of may well two or three weeks could make a big difference so well, I West Pubnico is always typically. Now that's what now that's a long drive to go for a round of golf. So, is that going to be your first like when the bubble opens? Are you just going to go over like are, are you going to be looking for a golf game, or are you just going to get off the mud ball for a weekend just I, to go? I think we're just getting getting off the island. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't even think golf will be involved. To tell you the truth, I don't think it will be too either. I think there'll be a straight line up to Costco. <laughs> Uh, and everywhere else, you just get off the island for a weekend, yeah. go somewhere, visit gonna, some people. for a weekend. I don't care. <laughs> well, <laughs> stay, stay at the Wandlin or wherever the hell it is. I just get off the island for a little. I love it here. I think that's obvious, but man, that's it's it's been a long time. And everyone's got friends or family from in Nova Scotia, New Brunswick that either going to come here to a visit or we're going to go there to visit. So. Oh, I saw, I got to mention this, speaking of travel, I saw the other day, I got an alert um, of a flight deal, WestJet, from Halifax to Vancouver, return, taxes in, $299, May and June. Really? Yeah, no joke. I mean, obviously, <laughs> if you're going there, That's coming a- back from an <laughs> island perspective, you got to isolate for two weeks, but... I'm looking because obviously my you know brother's out there and I, I would love to go out and visit him. He's uh, uh, we'll talk about him in a little bit, but he's uh, he, he he runs you know in the, in the business out there. So it uh, must be a milk run, though. I don't know. I really don't. I I don't think so. It's a it's a WestJet deal that you know, I mean it's God that's so inexpensive that actually gets my hopes up that when things do start opening up. Because I figure it's going to go one of two ways, right? Like most people I talk to, they're like, it's going to go one of two ways. It's going to be stupid expensive because they're going to try to recur their costs and all that kind of stuff. Or it's going to be really inexpensive to get people traveling. Right, get people on the planes and then go from there. And I I feel like it will be, and I don't have any frame of reference here at all, but I feel like they'll go the inexpensive route because there's a lot of people that are weary of traveling. Plus, they may get some government help, some, you know, God knows that they can, you know, to, to subsidize a couple of the, you know, the flight rides and all that. So I was always wondering that too. Flight rides. That's good. Good English flight rides, flight rides. Yeah. I was always wondering that too. Like a place like, like Disney. Yeah. Like, do they jack the prices up because they need to recoup the loss or do they just yeah. bottom out the prices to fill yeah. the park? Because like I'm, I'm looking at like all inclusive, same, same sort of thing. Right. Are they going to be cheaper or are they going to be more expensive? I have to say cheaper because I would hope so. you want to fill the resort. I know there's not a lot of all-inclusive. There's not a lot of extras, but there's excursions and stuff where you can kind of get some money. But you got to put people there first. And yeah. if it's too expensive and people are, like you said, are weary of travel. Yeah. So I'm not even thinking about down south. Yet. No. I feel like that's not until that's two seasons, vac- I think. Yeah. Uh, it's vaccinations, 
that whole process, but like a Canada Canadian bubble, I feel like that could be that could be mid summer to end of summer. I feel like that they could be opening up a Canadian bubble. I'd love that. I don't um, even want to talk. I just want to talk about traveling. <laughs> but no, I, I, but going back to turf for a second and sort of like how our winter is coming out. I don't know if you caught uh, Paul McCormick just posted a video yesterday, the day before, and he was out in <clears throat> excuse me at Fox uh, up by the first tee. And he kind of did a little video, and it's really cool. I, I love Paul because all of his is very informative. And the mindful super. He's, mindful uh, super. For those who don't yeah. know, Paul McCormick is yeah. the superintendent of uh, Fox Meadow, and he's he's done a ton of he does a ton of blogs, and uh, he's yeah. super yeah. well respected. I think very much so. Yeah, all over Canada, obviously. Him, but he's going to come on at some point. I kind of he asked, or he didn't ask. I asked him, and and he said that he he he'd, he'd love to. So we'll get we'll get him on maybe as. Uh, Maybe in the next couple of weeks, because I'm sure that folks are going to be wondering, sort of like what what things are looking at and what kind maybe of he can uh, he, we're looking for. Maybe he can set the expectation level, either dial it back a bit, boys, or uh, yeah, maybe even yeah. increase it and say no, we could be we could be going early. Maybe after the cold spell this weekend, uh, we'll see. Okay, now yeah. how are we doing? But um, anyway, yeah, check out uh, what is it? It is Mindful Super. That's his Twitter handle, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, and he's got basically a nice little video of um, you know the how the how the turf is coming through and what they like to see and all that. It was pretty, it was pretty cool. Um, like I said, uh, I know going back to three episodes ago, four episodes ago, talking to Chris, I, I was never a turf guy mm-hmm. five years ago. I know. Oh, me neither. But now I find it so interesting to learn about the grass and yeah. how it grows and yeah. you know what they do. And I'm almost as interested in that as I am in club talk, but not... <laughs> Not that much. Not even close no. for me. Um, what was I? Oh well, um, we got to talk about our guests today. Yes. Um, Jeez. We got. Uh, sorry for the for the late intro to the boys. That uh, boys will forgive us. Yeah, they were they were great. Uh, we we have the dormy the the creators owners and marketers and uh, all things dormy workshop. Jeff uh, and Todd Bishop. Yeah, they were um, great now, to talk to. We did. We that's the two we talked to. But many people forget that. Alex is also involved. He's like the the lost brother in the whole thing. You know, Jeff and Todd, I think, get a lot of the press, but uh, we didn't talk to Alex, but I just wanted people to know that Alex is involved. Um, uh, I sent out a little message there, I guess yesterday, just saying how fun the interview was to do. And like, I'm sure I don't know every golf business related story that's come out of Atlanta, Canada, but from the ones I do know, that one has to be up there in regards to, I don't know, just... Successful being cool businesses and successful yeah. from yeah. got two guys who have have had a couple ideas who yeah. they'll talk about a couple ones that didn't go into one that now like i said i would say it's one of the most popular accessories in north america right now dormy head covers yeah great name you know the product speaks for itself and everybody that gets one they love the customization i mean we get into that in the interview and um it's just it's 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 a cool thing to have and, yeah. and man when they well, I'm not gonna no spoilers but when they start talking about some of the things they got coming up like that's just yeah spring so dormy obviously is a uh, a term used in golf in match play when you are whatever two up with two to play it's dormy S- when my scramble talking team that, plays your yeah. scramble team we'll be talking about being dormy it'll be like tiger versus um, on twelve who did he play there uh, the Canadian. Oh, Stephen Ames. Stephen Ames yeah. dusted him nine and eight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, but uh, speaking of match play, this week the Dell match play. Yep. Are you a match play fan? Oh, I absolutely love it. Yeah, yeah, it, it's unreal. Do you like the new way they do it, where they they're put in a bracket and you play the other three guys in your bracket once, and then kind of people move on, or would you just rather have it sixty four guys, one and done? You lose. Go I home. don't like one and done. Uh, I sorry, I shouldn't say that. I don't like one and done, like for club match plays and stuff. I, I don't know. Maybe I do. I. It's just tough because some of these guys, like you have, like like the Stanley Cup playoffs, right? Best of sevens, and and it's not the same. And I'm not going to say well, there's no way you can do something like that for the PGA. You know, I think you could do. 36 holes a day, like make it a grind, you know, whatever. And I think that that's a really good test for them. I don't like one and done for a lot of these guys. And it's not, it's almost like because you're traveling there, you're practicing, you play one eighteen hole round and one unlucky bounce or something. And you're, and you're yeah. gonzo and you get no paycheck and all the rest of it. So from the business side, I'm like, they got to have, you know, two rounds, whatever. I think, yeah, I think the cream rises to the top in that what the more games you're going to play. Yeah. Like you said, Stanley Cup playoffs, if they did one and dones, like any team could win the Stanley Cup every year because one one game, one bounce, one bad call yeah. goes your yeah, way. Exactly. But when you got to play three matches just to get to the next round and then what I think it's three more to get to the finals and then 36 holes in the finals, like you had to have been the best player that week to win. Yeah. Whereas if you got through the first round and a couple bounces here and there, so I, I like how they have to play a few more matches. I love when they have to play 36 in, the, in a day, though. I know. I know. Out in the morning, quick little quick little sandwich after however, in between the second round and then back out there playing. Well, we'll get into our picks and all that yeah, later. Uh, in our later segments. Um, I do want to talk uh, a few moments about um, there was some talk last week in the PGA Tour about they were talking about how Jim Furyk in 2020 – he hit 74% of his fairways, which, unreal, he led in that category. LPGA, that's their average, is 74%. So the conversation starts that, like, wouldn't the, you know, amateurs and all of that, like, would the average player benefit more from watching the, the ladies play than the men play? What do you think? From a technical, from a technical standpoint, you mean? Like... Yeah, I mean, obviously, entertainment, you can't beat Bryson trying to hit it 360 yards. But, you know, when you're watching golf, and, and I know, like, when I'm watching golf, I'm watching what they're doing, you know, when they're swinging and, and like, some of the things. And I'm on Team LPGA, personally, because, you know, some of the things that the guys can do on the PGA, I, I'm never going to be able to do that, you know. like. But not only that, like, I am so impressed by the LPGA. Like, their short games are just... I mean that's how they get it done. Everything's close. Their putting is unbelievable, and their their tempo is just. I mean, yes, the guys' tempo is. I mean, you know, cream of the crop, unbelievable. But I just find overall, they just seem like they're swinging in slow motion and hitting these shots. I don't know. I I think I think I think there's a point. I think that um, people, if they want to learn the golf swing, and learn to be more consistent. I think watching the LPGA is the better thing to watch. Uh, I think the the LPGA players would probably put a premium on finding the fairway because it, I don't think 
any of those players can overpower any the golf courses they play on a week to week basis. But they're coming. Correct. I think they're coming. Whereas, you know, there is a, a large quantity of the PGA guys who probably don't have that mentality of the mentality of they have is I don't really care if I hit it up in the rough. Because yeah. I'm gonna hit it up so well, far that's, that's that Bryson, I'm hitting right? and there's other guys even in not Bryson category, but pretty close from there thinking, I don't care if I hit it up into the rough. Now there's a few venues, US Open that you have to drive it straight. Mm-hmm. But the concern level isn't as high, whereas in the LPGA, depending on the course setup, if they don't hit a good drive or if they can't keep it in play, there could be holes where you're coming in with fours and fives. And we all know you can't control a four and a five and a six out of the rough the same way you can eight, nine wedge. The thing I get so impressed watching the LPGA is when they do have those longer irons in their hand, their proximity to the hole with hybrids and four irons would be closer than I would, or you meet with seven, eights, and nines, right? Like they just hit those longer irons and utility clubs so precise I know. And so accurate this. Drives like you said, bananas. Yeah. Their tempo is, like April, you said, every, if you're a professional golfer, your tempo is good. But I, I love watching the, the LPGA. And like you said, yeah, there's good, some bombers out there now. Excuse the wife. I could just say, no, I'm trying to learn te- technicals and watch winning right. golf all day. And, <laughs> and <they're> bo- <laughs> there's some bombers out there. Yep. Yeah. Um, we talking about length of drive or are we... Yes. Okay. All right. No, just making sure. Um, so we'll get into what our picks are, I guess, for the WGC and all that in a little bit. Before we go to the interview, though, um, and we haven't taped the segment yet, but we're going to this evening. I just wanted to, uh, I'm talking to our, I'll say our West Coast correspondent. Uh, Fred's never met him, and I've been kind of tooting his horn. My brother, Chris, has agreed to come on. And basically, maybe a story or two, kind of quick segment, maybe five, ten minutes, something like that. And uh, anyway, I won't go into too much more, but uh, we'll let him we'll let him come on here now. So we'll uh, we'll bring it to Chris. All right, I've been waiting to get this guy on since this podcast started. Um, truth be told, as much as I'm involved in the golf industry, uh, my brother has. Trailblazed the Curry household. He's been in the industry for a long time. Right now, it's probably still coffee time out where he is uh, in Victoria, BC. Ladies and gentlemen, without further introduction, my brother Chris Curry. What what an introduction! Good morning, uh, Islanders <laughs> and Atlantic and and worldwide. It's an absolute honor to uh, be uh, welcomed here on what the the seventh episode. This is episode seven. Yeah, we've had a warm up for you. I, I know it's you've only had seven, but I swear I feel like I've listened to you my whole life. So uh, <laughs> I'm really uh, I'm really pleased to finally get a, a, a short segment on your on your podcast. Um, very quickly, uh, this is the this is the trial episode. This is just the trial. Yeah. See what the reviews are like. It might um, not work. This might be my swan song, but it is what it is. It's your intro and swan song, Chris. Just before you go into anything else, uh, because there are obviously a lot of folks who've been gone a long time. What what is your position now, and what's your what are you doing with with uh, you know golf currently? Yeah, uh, West Coast, Best Coast. I work at a private golf club on <laughs> Vancouver Island, where we are open 365 <laughs> days of the year. Uh, no, no simulators required here uh, at uh, at Royal Callwood Golf Club, um, a private club. 
COVID is the best thing to happen to golf since Tiger Woods, and we uh, we have no <laughs> different. It is very busy out here. My, my role is the uh, membership and marketing manager, um, and I've only been here since October. Uh, but since then, uh, like I said, we have wait lists in all our categories, just uh, really, really busy, and there's not a dull day when you work at a private golf club. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we, I almost uh, stopped you right there. West coast, best coast. I mean, our yeah. listeners are going to, they're going to, they're going to be picketing, uh, and, and stopping, stopping the recording right now. They'll stop listening. We will. I mean, Chris Wallace spent his time on the West coast and then he decided to go back East. I mean, it, it, uh, it's a special place out here and it, it kind of segues into my story Love to it. be honest with you, but Love it. so uh, for those that have been on the island for a while, might remember my name. I was at Belvedere Golf Club, uh, where I did my internship after I graduated Holland College. Uh, I only did the two-year program because I knew I wasn't going to be a golf professional uh, yeah. with Jeff Affleck, who you featured a couple weeks ago as well. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I uh, worked my third season at Belvedere and everyone kept saying, Chris, you got to go to the West Coast. They're open year round. And, and I'm not a pogey guy. I, I need to work year round. Oh, so. yeah. Hard worker. I packed my bags at the end of 2000, survived Y2K, yep. uh, and made my way out west. So I land in, in British Columbia. I want to say it's October, and I got resume in hand, and uh, uh, I'm excited, and no one is hiring for golf. I mean, yes, we're open year-round, but everyone's laying off for the season. It's, you know, shorter days. So I kind of misjudged my career path. Right. Um, and, uh, so basically the resume was out there now, before I go any further, uh, Len, I guess I'll, I'll just ask you a question. Sure. If you and Fred are, are about to play a, a golf course, the two of you, and, uh, you, you show up and, and the pro shop attendant says, Hey, do you guys want to play by yourself? Uh, or we have another two matched up with you, or you can wait 10 right. minutes and play by yourself. What, what do you, what are you leaning towards? Uh, we're going out solo. Yeah. I right. mean, you, you might have a better experience. You might be able to curse. You don't know the other people from a hole in the ground. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not opposed, but yeah. Given and the I mean, choice. You know what? I'm shocked as Islanders, how unwelcoming you are. So, <laughs> bad answer, but I respect it. And I appreciate that. So it's October. I'm in BC resumes out there. I can't find a golf job at all. And right. so unfortunately the only thing I was able to muster up for the season was, uh, a position at Battery Plus in Pacific Center in downtown Vancouver. Um, it was like yeah. a little ele electronic shop. Yeah. Basically, I changed watch batteries for eight day or eight hours a day. Just fantastic. Really questioning my career uh, as I'm like <laughs> flipping over Rolexes or fake Rolexes and putting these batteries in. Anyway, my boss at the time, uh, five years younger than me, she we're busy, uh, and I'm trying to run the counter with her and. Uh, um, she looks at me and she's like, uh, I said, like, well, how can I help? What can I do? We're busy. And she's like, Chris, help that Asian gentleman over there. And I go, whoa. I, and I, I wasn't, I wasn't expecting that, uh, that term. And I look at her and, and I look up and I'm ready to apologize. And I thought it was quite inappropriate being from PEI. We don't say that term Asian gentleman. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I look up and the guy's like, yes, that's me. Help me. I'm the Asian. And I was just like, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> okay, I, I was ready to apologize, but apparently here in British Columbia, again, this is 2000, that was appropriate or okay, okay? Fair enough. So I changed his watch battery, all good. Spring comes, I'm looking for any job. I see a job posting as food and beverage manager at a golf club called Furry Creek Golf and Country Club in North Vancouver. Yeah. 
first golf job I've seen in months, Lenny. So I'm like, yeah, I'm in. Here's my resume. Uh, am I really qualified to be a food and beverage manager? I ran the bar at Belvedere. You know, yeah, yeah. I, I monitored people with, on the VLTs. I felt I kind of had my idea on the experience. Okay. Right. Fast forward, get the job interview. And she's a, uh, the, the person interviewing me, uh, Sarah, her name was, she's just like, Chris, we do 60 weddings a year. We do a half a million dollars in banquets. Here's our five food and beverage outlets. And very quickly, I realized I am so out of my league that I kind of like stopped the interview halfway. And I was like, listen, I'll take a job scrub, scrubbing hooks like we all do. I just need a job in, at a golf course. And she's like, I appreciate that, Chris. Let me see what I can do. So she right. gets me a job in the pro shop. Okay. Yep. So working in the pro shop, having a great season. It is a beautiful golf club once a year. It's a lot of elevations. You played it. You played I did play it. it. Yep. I yeah, did play I mean, it. it. It's yeah. an interesting track. Yeah. Built in the side of a mountain. Uh, yeah. So my, my boss tells me, uh, hey, Chris, I got a hunch that our uh, two o'clock group today, the twosome, I think they're mystery shoppers. Okay. A, it, the, it's, it's already kind of, you're not supposed to know when you get a mystery shop and you know, you've been a mystery shopper before Lenny. I, I think you have where, you know, you judge the experience and uh, tell sure. the bosses what you're doing, right. What you're not doing. Right. Yeah. And uh, I was just like, thanks for the heads up. You know, whether they are or not, I'm going to give them the best experience I can give. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So these two gentlemen walk up and oddly enough, there was a free tea, uh, open tea time behind them. So I said, hey, guys, I got you set up for a super day today. Uh, currently, you're playing with these two Asian gentlemen over here. Uh, if you don't want to play with them, you can play by yourself uh, just behind them. It's up to you. Right. He looks at me appropriately, I have to say now, and says, we're all people, man. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, no, you're... You're absolutely right. Uh, enjoy your day. Uh, have fun. You're, you're going to have a great, great time. And as he's walking out, I'm, I'm scratching my head. I'm like, that didn't go quite like I thought the mystery shop would go. Yeah. My boss comes out. He's like, Chris, how did it go? Did you wow them? I'm like, well, kind of. I, I gave them an option to play by themselves and it didn't, didn't quite work out. And he's just like, oh, I'm sure it's great. You're the best. You're from the East Coast. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Around three weeks later, I get the old phone call from the general manager, and she's just like, uh, Chris, I need to chat with you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, what's going on? She's like, well, you may or may not know this, but we had a mystery shopper a few weeks back. And I was like, oh, and I'm pretending to be surprised. Really? How did it go? Why am I being called in the office? And uh, she's like, yeah, I just want to read the, the script that they said about the, uh, the racist pro shop attendant. Oh, <laughs> And it was literally, hey, uh, your pro shop attendant said, currently, you're playing with these two Japanese guys. If you don't want to play with them, most people don't. You can play behind them. And I'm oh, sitting there and I got I got to tell you, I, I was I was listening to this and, and I'm, I'm mortified again. I thought a I would lose my job, but B, I was trying to tell my side of the story. And honestly, my side of the story still wasn't great to begin with, because I'm like, we are all people. And I should have said you're playing with the guy in the yellow hat. But uh, uh, anyway, I learned a, a hard lesson. Thankfully, I kept my job. It is one of two career limiting moves I've had at Furry Creek Golf Club. But uh, yeah, here we well, are. Well, um, <laughs> that's unbelievable. 
Oh, jeez. So Coming this concludes in with a... my time at the Island Podcast. <laughs> well, I wanted to mention two things. You said before, you, you mentioned about your, uh, your experience as bar manager at Belvedere Golf Course. Is it or is it not true? You tried to lobby to change the name of the Belvedere Golf Course. Uh, I, I, had a, I had an idea. Uh, at the time... <laughs> There was a very popular lounge downtown. I believe it has been condemned or closed or something. Along it is now lines. reborn. It's now the Arts Hotel. They, they redid it. It's now a, a really boutique, cool hotel. So what was the name of the bar? It back was then? called, everyone knows, Myron's. Myron's. That's a place where you go for a good time. Buck 25, vodka limes, like a great time at Myron's. And I really felt the bar at Belvedere was missing a kind of a brand, missing a name, like just saying, oh, we're going to go to the Belvedere bar or lounge. Right. So I actually wrote the owner of Myron's. I, I like to write letters. Maybe you know this, maybe you don't. I just like yeah. to put it something official, uh, better than a phone call. And I suggested that, uh, well, I was actually asking permission because I felt I had the, uh, the okay to approach the board of Belvedere to rebrand the bar. And yeah. I wrote Myron's and I said, I have this unique concept. Maybe we're going to call the bar My Irons. <laughs> because yeah, My Irons. Know, irons are a very popular term in golf. Uh, it's not My <laughs> Woods, My Irons. And I was just, I was just, you know, feel, pushing it out there. You know, you, you, you lose 100% of the chances you don't take. So I just asked what the thought process was. I didn't get a response. A little disappointed in that, but it didn't really go. And by then I already moved to the West Coast. But uh, my irons, I, I really was concerned, or maybe I was being savvy, that if you got in a cab and you're really having a festive evening and you're slurring a little bit, you might have misconstrued, take me to my, my irons. Maybe you'd go... <laughs> to Belvedere so get, a, get a couple extra I could I could sell a few beers to this guy before he realizes he's in the wrong place altogether uh, oh man so if anybody out there is looking for to call a call a lounge or a name my irons is still available my irons, my irons. Trade, trademark my irons why not all right Chris well thanks for joining us this morning nice and uh like quick segment story time and uh we're going to see the West Coast, Best Coast, anytime. We'll see the uh, we'll see what the feedback is here, and we'll determine whether you get another shot or not. Uh, I, I I got others. I just thought I'd start off. You know, I I, I bogeyed early. That's what I went for. <laughs> Love it. Thanks, buddy. All right, man. All right. Big thanks to my brother Chris. Um, I can't wait to meet this guy. Yeah, he's he's something else. I mean, he, well, me and him basically started golf at the same time, and. Anyway, life and job took him out, out west. I'm still trying to get him back home here. He knows, like, Woody Bishop, and he knows Jeff Havlak. Like, like, those are all the guys that he knows very well. He knows everybody in the industry out there. He's been so. in the industry a long time, too, and he's had some good positions. Yeah, yeah, and he is he's he's a character. He's professional, but he knows how to, you know, like, make it fun. Anyway, he knows how to turn it up when the time comes. So look forward to having him on again, um, and he's got some doozy, doozy stories that uh, he's going to bring in after a couple of weeks. Um, the one in particular is the John Daly story, and anyway, we'll go into go into those. But um, what do you say? We'll go from one interview right to the next. Might as well. Let's keep the guests rolling. All right. So we we talked to we uh, we Jesus, nice nice English. Um, <laughs> What's the other one? Flight planes. Flight planes or flight flight plan whatever uh flight <laughs> flight trips flight trips um we went to uh we we interviewed these guys on monday uh can't thank them enough uh jeff todd bishop dormy workshop dormy golf dormy head covers 
Um, Hope yeah. you guys enjoy. Yeah, let's go. Well, I'd like to welcome our two guests today. They are originally from Nova Scotia, although both are uh, very well-traveled, and I'm sure they'll talk about that. But uh, they're also PGA of Canada members and well-established players, but they are likely most famous for being the producers and creators of the most popular golf accessory in North America right now, Dormy Head Covers. Trending. Trending. So I'd like to welcome, um, please excited. And I'm, I'm pumped to hear their story. Jeff, Todd Bishop, welcome to the show. Um, Nick, we got to get you to follow us around to some tournaments with that type of intro. <laughs> if you, that was sit, awesome. If wow. you let me sit in the back of that new truck you got, I'll go anywhere. Ooh. I'll let you ride back up with that one. <laughs> now on the tee. From... <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. Um, it's uh, it's a real pleasure. I was just telling uh, Todd there. I had the uh, I was I was pumped last year. I was blessed with winning a Dormy head cover um, after our. I talked about this in another episode. A very eventful playoff uh, last year at the Island Open, and I had a Dormy. I got a Dormy head cover as part of the winning. I, I, I was way more excited about that than anything else. Um, but uh, yeah, you you guys have had you guys have a coveted. Uh, uh, um, and everybody seems to want these, these head covers. So I guess my first question was, uh, you know, how did this all start? Uh, you know, basic question. Take that one, Jeff. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, the, the road started as, uh, as players and, uh, and certainly we love the game and, and Todd and I, I uh, had, had another venture, um, to actually try and do something in the product space uh, called lined up golf. And uh, we won't go too deep into that, but it, it, it was fun. And we, we caught a little bit of legs with it, but we just didn't get, uh, you know, what we were maybe hoping for. And we were playing at the time. So it was kind of, uh, you know, tough to, to juggle both um, and, and traveling. And we were down in Florida and anyways, Todd had moved back home and I kind of, you know, we've, Kind of speaking to you guys in the intro there, we have, we've lived all over the world together and, and uh, whether it be here in Halifax, uh, Todd was in Banff for a little while and I went out there and we, we both worked at the, the Banff Springs Golf Club and then headed out to Whistler and, and did a little time in Whistler and then we're down in Florida and Australia uh, and, and all, all those places together. And throughout that time, you bounce ideas back and forth off each other. And, and uh, I was looking for some head covers. Todd had moved back home to start a golf uh, a golf school and, and teaching and training. And I was looking for some covers. Couldn't find really what I was looking for and saw an opportunity. And, uh, you know, I'll skip forward a, a whole bunch of stuff and, and say we landed something that actually caught some traction. And, uh, yeah, Just the Dorney Workshop was created. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who was your first head cover made for? Ooh, that that's a good question you don't even do you do you know even who has it that's a really good question todd do you know well i know that the i would say the first official order um yeah. was chris billings at at kingswood yeah Bailey. yeah that, yes yeah. and, and ashburn and ashburn yeah um so but in terms of the the, the first one off the line there yeah. there were a few and we still have some of these things. And now that we're, we're looking at uh, crypto art, 
we may have to mint mint a few of these and see if we can snag some uh some <laughs> true that Ethereum, uh, good point. Crypto. Oh, so <laughs> nmts or whatever they call it uh, nfts yeah yeah let's get into that so, so 2014 the buying show kingswood and ashburn placed their order do you guys look at each other and be like holy shit we actually have to go make these now like this isn't just an idea in our head we actually have to put these together someone needs these by the spring were you were you at that show nick i was yep so you, you maybe got a drink out of us because there certainly wasn't any product there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, t- the table was light, but it was very social. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, is, that how it, is that how it happened? Like you guys basically got, got orders for a prototype probably that you created where you have no idea where that is right now. And, uh, and you got these orders and it was like, shit, we got to go make these? Yep. That was pretty, pretty much, much it. I, I, and honestly, I don't ever, we never had a, a feeling. I don't, I don't know about Tabo, like we never felt like, oh shit, we're screwed now. It's like, oh man, we finally, we've, we've done it. This is yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like we're, uh, so I don't know if that fear ever came until like the orders really started uh, rolling in and we were like, okay, uh, you know, what's a, what's a PO? Yeah. 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 What's yeah. net 30? <laughs> I had no idea what net 30 was. And I was thinking, does that have to do with like my handicap? Or like, why? <laughs> that's, that's, that was, that was Fred's handy, uh, Fred's net score after he yeah. put in his true handicap. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So those were like, we had, we didn't even, I mean, you figure these things out, but if you're not in the world of accepting POs, making invoices, any sort of, accounting uh trail uh any of that stuff that was actually the the most complicated stuff probably of the lot i don't know about if you'd agree todd but yeah the the certainly the business part of the promotions and marketing and and you know creating those business opportunities that that's our forte and that back end stuff you'll hear people say it all the time you know the what can make or break a business is, is having the finances aligned. And uh, that was not, you know, our strength, but Jeff was able to, uh, he took that on and band-aided it. And he, you know, he listened to mentors and um, got us to where we are now just through, you know, just sheer determination and will, because we knew we had something and we we're like, we, we can't let the back end of this kill us. We, we knew that we had been warned plenty of times. So we were very yeah. uh, aware of that. You watched enough Dragons Den and Shark Tank. You knew the recurring <laughs> themes that were going on. Um, yeah. But but tell me when your first order came through or your big order came through. Like what? Like I guess you know you you, you go to this. You go to one of the golf shows. Um, you know you get you get your order and sort of what happens where like when does it become like a really big order? Like what was your biggest order? Or like, when did you really know that shit? You know, we really got to get our stuff in order here. Or was it, was it very I, gradual? There is one that stands out. And I laughed with uh, uh, Jim Curry, who is uh, the GM up at uh, Ovenbird. I don't know if you've know, you guys know that spot, but uh, it's in Muskoka. Uh, Epicure golf. That is their slogan. So if you don't even know what Epicure means, um it's about fine wine and food and an experience and they have they've deemed themselves epicure golf which is oh, it's kind of cool i never uh so you know what you're getting into when you go there good times probably expensive wine 
and uh you know a meal that uh is made by an executive chef so uh, not your you know dogs and uh and tap beer not ben oh, king's yeah. uh not ben king's halfway hut lunch with the yeah. so- two sausages and schneiders and an o henry <laughs> oh man throwing ben king under the bus already well <laughs> he doesn't mind. Uh, is he not listening i Oh, he'll be definitely listening to this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was but, on yeah, last Jim... week just to give you a little bit of a heads up. Okay. Oh, funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Jim had said to us, he was like, well, and we didn't know Jim at the time. Um, he had just found us and uh, he was like, listen, you know, uh, looking to get some cover, something unique for the course. And what can you do for us? And we had, it was our first time doing leather applique um where like you actually cut leather and and tack it down onto the car i'm glad you explained that because i don't know what the hell that meant okay. hey, you remember these ones todd <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah i remember yeah no no yeah and he was like ah oh, you know we we threw a couple ideas and i mean at that at this time like i was the one doing even the design work which is just <laughs> it's just so ridiculous <laughs> I, I hadn't i'd never used photoshop any of that so i learned just on youtube how to actually work photoshop like this right. is how basic we were. <laughs> um, anyways, we threw something at him. He went for it. And he's like, "All right, I need 110 of these in you know a month." And we're like, "Oh shit!" That really? was the first. Oh yeah, that was like, here we go. And it was like, well, how do we make the O without hand problem. cutting? Yeah, every single one of these things, you know. Um, and you not uh, make it look like your your uncle. Tommy just, you know, totally. went back with an hacksaw. <laughs> Butcher it. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. So you looked yeah. up arts and crafts on Etsy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, judging by the story so far, that would be the natural progression. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, we, uh, we managed to get a piece together. And, uh, you know, we were at that time, we were still teaching and, you know, did these things from, say, pop in the shop at six at night, work till three in the morning and, and, uh, figured out a way to get it done so that it, it did not look like, you know, I think you said uncle Tommy and the, with the ax did it. So, um, we, we got through it. To, to me, that's like the coolest part of the story is that if you don't know the backstory to that guy who ordered them, he just had 110 beautiful head covers show up. He thought maybe they were done in a production facility with tons yeah. of workers and it was all seamless. And like you said, yeah. you boys are back there till six in the morning or whatever to get it done. Like that's just, that's awesome. Yeah. And yeah. it was like that for, for the first probably two, two years, I would say. Yeah. We, one of our main production facilities, cause we had to outsource everything was actually in Highfield park which I don't know if you guys have heard of Highfield Park, but it's kind of like, you know, say the Bronx in New York. Yeah. It's yeah. a little bit of a, a lower, you know, stratosphere for rent. And uh, this one particular lady took over our uh, putter assembly. And so we would, sometimes she wouldn't answer the door and she had a basement apartment and we'd just pull into the back parking lot. We'd have a, a, a box full of leather. She would open up the window. Now at any other time of the day, if you saw somebody throwing something into one of the windows in the basement apartments in Hotfield Park, there'd usually be a SWAT team shortly coming in, <laughs> either break down the meth lab or whatever it is. Um, but she she ran our putter uh, stuff out of there for a solid year, and uh, she was awesome. Like a, 
70 year old lady that just, um, she was on Kijiji and was looking for extra work. And she had a sewing machine in her living room and she ended up rearranging her entire living room and turned it into a production facility with tables. And her husband was okay with it. Um, it was pretty funny. Were you the, like, were you guys the, her sole, you know, like after a while, were you like her only sort of client, oh, yeah. like clients, I guess? Yeah. Yeah. She was basically like an employee, but just like subcontract, you know, kind of. So you, and you guys lived she was down actually, there? No, but she was, you know what she was actually making, Todd? And she was doing quite well at herself was making sock monkeys. You ever heard of those things? I, uh, uh um, <laughs> Yeah. So she was making sock monkeys. That was what she was. She's like, yeah. And then she was selling them. But, uh, but yeah, we became her number one client quite fast. That's unreal. Um, yeah. so at, and at this time you said you were passing the, the, the material through a window. So you guys were living in that area. Yeah, we weren't, we were just across the bridge and, okay. um, there's actually, a, a another facility that we had utilized some of their services and, so we were, we were kind of pinging between embroidery, um, you know, uh, production places and then uh, stitch and cut, I guess you'd call it, or cut and stitch. And so we, we kind of pieced it all together. Um, in terms of a production run, it was kind of Frankenstein in that aspect. But what we knew we had to do was continually raise the bar on everything we did. So yeah. um, even at a really early stage, we were still throwing away more product than we probably produced. And, and that was something that I think was important to how our growth continued because we never went backwards. We always kept going up. Uh, Nick was mentioning something right before we got on here that um, you're, you're big into like locally sourced with all of your stuff. Um, you know, is, is, you know, is the leather come from down the street or what, what, uh, what's your policy or what, how did, where does that stuff come from? Well, leather's a, on. it's, it's unreal and it's going to last me forever. Yeah. And, and, you know, leather is, is a, you know, age old trade and uh, leather or is also it's a nature's uh, oldest, most tech technical fabric. So it's, you know, it actually breathes and uh, you know, has a natural water repellent to it. Um, but the tanneries have all but left Canada and, even the U S for the, for the most part, um, and have gone overseas. So like, even if, um, you know, hides are need to be tanned, meaning colored and, you know, put into whether it be pebbled or smooth or hair on hide, any of that stuff it is generally done in, in Europe, South America or Asia. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm fascinated by the fact that you guys brothers are still doing this yourself. I mean, you know, me and my brothers, we wouldn't have gotten past the uh, agree on a name phase. Um, <laughs> you guys, you guys have been, uh, has this been like an always, you guys are really good together, work together, golf together. Like you guys pretty tight. I'm assuming, I mean, you know, uh, did you always know that you were going to kind of get into business with one another? I would say, I'll just, you go ahead, Jeff. I was just going to say, you know, like all those places I said, you know, we had lived together, uh, half of them we worked together as well. You know, so that would include Todd, myself and our younger brother, Alex. And, uh, you know, all, all the, almost every one of those places we all lived and worked together, which is quite unique. Yeah. So we knew that, you know, we had the ability to, and, you know, when it comes time for the weekend, uh, um, 
or whenever our weekends were, that might sometimes been Monday, Tuesday. Uh, you know, we were generally calling on each other to go surfing or playing golf or biking or whatever we were going to do that day. Um, and uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if any of the plan was ever to, to 100% start our own business together. But, uh, you know, it certainly doesn't come without its bumps in the road. I can say that. You even lived on the high seas together. Didn't you guys teach on a cruise ship? Yes, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that, those quarters, if you can survive a cruise ship uh, environment <laughs> as a uh, assistant and head pro, you, you can make it anywhere. Yeah, yeah. that uh, is true. I'm just, I'm going backwards here. You all know you're all laughing and giggling. So let me get this straight. There's golf pro on the cruise ship. That was, oh, yeah. the, that was the role that, that, yeah, it, it exists. And, and it was, uh, that was in 2008, nine, right around there. So I had just gotten, uh, I was kind of stop stopping pursuing the, the, you know, dream of playing many tours and, and trying to make it into larger tours. Yeah. And I was like, well, I think I can get on this cruise ship and this sounds pretty fun. Like to any maritime that, that just sounds amazing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So sure enough, I got the job and it was, they, and the way they do it on the ships is you start, they give you the smallest, crappiest run. And so you can have a really bad ship, but have a really nice destination. Well, this was a really bad ship and a crappy destination. And uh, so <laughs> I had to really hone my salesmanship on this ship. And, and I remember the one that kind of like set, set me free of that one and, and moved me, they moved me within three weeks to their biggest ship um it was a uh a guy's bachelor party and i found these guys at one of the on the ship's main main uh, deck drinking and it was only it was a really quick run you had to meet them that night and sell it and get them on the course the next day and i had like 14 guys and and they had a, a graph where if you could sell i think it was if i could have reached four people that go on that excursion i had reached my goal Right. And I had exceeded it by so much. And they all needed balls, shoes, clubs. They rented everything. Yeah. So I hit the like jackpot on this one. And the, and the guys were just like, yeah, we're, we're going to boost you up. Yeah. Nice. So when I got the bigger ship, I was like, well, I think I need an assistant because I wanted to get Jeff out to experience this. Right. <laughs> and I said, oh, I got a great idea on how to boost my numbers. I need an assistant. And they, they, they let me have them come on. That would have went over real well, Jeff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. Hey, hold up, hold up one sec, boys. That this probably doesn't happen on the in the podcast, but I got the front door beeping in. Give me one sec. No problem. We'll, just, we'll cut that out. Yeah. Not so uh Jeff in the end, um he was playing back. golf club when he came came on the ship. Well he'll he'll tell you what happened. The, on the ship? Uh, well, I mean you probably I at the time I was uh dating a girl in, in Carolinas and uh I remember trying to tell her that I was going to, you know, I got this job opportunity with Todd, <laughs> you know, yeah. and she's like, Oh, that's cool. Where, where is that? I was like, Oh, well, it's on a cruise ship, you know, sailing around uh, the Caribbean. And she was like, okay, what is, what is really going on here? I was like, he needs an assistant. I mean, it is what it is, you know? So <laughs> anyways, um, yeah, the job was pretty easy. You know, uh, and just exactly what I was, you were there to entertain and, uh, it was awesome. Yeah. Just, uh, all around. I mean, we, we got to play nice golf courses and when the time came to work on the ship, uh, you had your regular scheduled hours and, 
you kind of, it's almost the same way as it is now. I don't know if you'd agree, Todd, not like with, uh, you know, the cruise ship aspect, but you're kind of always on call. You never really right. are off. Like mm, if it's, yeah. even when you go into port, you have, you'd have a couple hours to go and, you know, take some of the money that you made and blow it on bowling or clothes, or whatever you wanted to spend it on. And then the sh- as you were out there, the ship was already loading up. Yeah. And so right back on it again. Yeah. Starting fresh. Yeah, so never like, really you did all that work and, and then it yeah. would just evaporate once they, they departed and you had to start all over again. So the, the liver is still, I don't think it's ever recuperated. <laughs> <laughs> because everything on those ships revolves around the party scene. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you, you do have, you, you, you did have to mix business with pleasure. And I'm sure there were guys that, that tried to do it, um, in a, in a much more, uh, I guess, less extravagant way and, and, and we're out till all hours of the night, you know, trying to razzle up people to go play golf, but that's what we did. But that, again, it, it, it did harden our skills in terms of salesmanship and understanding, um, people's what, what motivates people to buy, you know, what is it, how can we get a guy to leave his wife during their family vacation that happens once a year? How do you, how do you do that? Well, for me and Nick, you just have to ask, um, <laughs> We'd be no problem. We'll see you. See you later, honey. <laughs> I come. I come look for you guys on the ship to see when I can get a tea time. I love it. Um, yeah. So, getting back to the business here, like what you, you kind of mentioned, it was like 2014, 15, whatever. Um, so, you know, I'm just fascinated with this. I'm a business guy. I love this stuff. So, you knew you were onto something. You got that order, and then all of a sudden, like. How does it go from basically, you know, couple maybe around the Maritimes or whatever to now it's all over the place. Um, and to that end, how far have you reached? Like where, where's the farthest away that a, you could buy a dormy head cover right now? I think Australia would be the furthest right now. Nice. Um, nice. Well, yeah. That's pretty, uh, pretty much the other side of the world. So yeah, see, how much farther you go. The other side. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, like, this would be, you know, kind of all these places that are a testament to um, relationships formed over the years and, uh, um, you know, keeping in touch with those people and, you know, not burning bridges wherever you were and, and making friends and, and allies. And, uh, you know, uh, so that guy in, in Australia who, who one, of the, one of the courses that has it, I, I took golf lessons from him when I was in Australia and uh just a nice guy he actually didn't even charge me anything at the time a guy named chris gibson and uh you know to this date to you know up until it was a a month ago we shipped him uh, a corporate order for his his course down in queensland so oh, queensland. um nice. yeah yeah so like that's you know we did, we uh, with, uh, birds, of, birds of condor i don't know if you, have, you guys know that brand they're no. from byron bay and it's a real surf vibe. Yeah. Um, I mean, real hardcore surf vibe. And, and we met them at a trade show and uh, instantly drawn to them. And we had all kinds of, you know, similarities and commonalities. And, and all of a sudden you just know that uh, we're going to be working together. And, and that's based on travel and, and our experiences visiting their country. And, and uh it's you know just those little things it can give you the edge in business if you're just a homebody it's it's it is a real challenge especially in golf you, you got to get out and travel yeah yeah you're um and your team so 
I'm assuming that Jeff no longer handles the graphic design. Uh, actually, I think uh, 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 Benny was mentioning, uh, what was his name last week? Uh, Matt Stewart, maybe? Oh, Matt, yeah. Matt, yeah. He's a sales guy. Oh, he's a sales guy. Okay. So, yeah. it, well, so I guess uh, I'm wondering, like, what's the team look like now? Like, uh, when did you bring on other people? Like, when, when did that sort of, you know, uh, who, was your, who was your first outside the brothers? Who was your first person that you ended up getting on board? For all I know, it's still just the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, our, our, yeah, our first ever hire um, is, she's still with us. And uh, I, I can tell you, like, she is the most loyal person um, and when we, we were at a, uh, a place that was producing our stuff before and, you know, the, the guy wasn't, you know, I'm not even going to talk bad, but, uh, just didn't work out. And, uh, um, Subtle. one of the, one of the people there, uh, were at was, uh, uh, they loved us. And she just said, when we left, she was like, I'm with you. And, uh, um, pounded her chest and she was in tears and it, it was, it was an emotional time. I mean, it really was. Uh, this picture in Jerry Maguire. Who's coming with me? Yeah. Who's coming? Oh man. That is, you nailed it. Cause that, that day, yeah. almost the entire staff walked off the floor. Oh, I yeah. mean, it was crazy. Wow. Crazy. It was yeah. Crazy. So she was the first one. Yeah. Donna. And uh, yeah, she's, you know, always had her back the whole way through and, and vice versa. You know, we, we love her like family and, and, uh, you know, each, each of the people that we've ever hired since it's, uh, you know, I mean, we don't have, have maybe as deep of connection as we did with, as we do with Donna, but, uh, we, we grow that connection and, uh, each person and we're up to, that would have been 2017, uh, was our first hire. So that that's for, for perspective. Wow. Um, and we got Not really that long ago, 20, no, no. No, and we got we have twenty three people uh, now. Shit. So we're uh, good for you. Guys. Yeah, oh, from sales to marketing to accounting, and and then a, a full full team up back that are. I mean, each one of them. Uh, Todd and I, we talk about this probably more than anything uh, else that we talk about is uh, the team and how talented these people are. It's just phenomenal. Like, I, I don't know. Do you guys know NASCAD? You ever heard of them? Yeah, I've heard of them. Remind me what the so, hell they are. Uh, yeah, Nova Scotia College of Art and Design. Thank yes. you. Yes, exactly. Yeah. One, of the top de- one of the top design colleges in. Yeah, Atlanta, I mean, really. Yeah. Canada for sure, and, and potentially North America because they have a lot of international students that come in, and uh, so, yeah, like th- that. Uh, those I mean, we probably had. I think we we had up the other day. We have ten hires from NASCAD right now of our twenty three. Um, and you know, it just speaks to how, again, how talented and rounded, uh, the staff are with in the art world and owning their craft and skills. And yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we feel pretty fortunate to, uh, have just, again, a talented staff, but also one that, you know, it is a big family right now. And, you know, we hope that dynamic never changes. Do you think you guys attribute some of the early success to kind of how tight knit the Atlantic zone is in regards, regards to like your fellow PGA guys? Like when at that first show, you know, those are the guys that 
place the first order and and I imagine you were fairly local for the first little while but you know everyone here pretty much supports everyone so do you think that helped I mean definitely our own the zone strategy was really early and it was I mean it, it seemed to be just the first thing is a natural uh, effort was to definitely um, our all our com competition back in 2015 would have been U.S. and the dollar was really uh, strong for the U.S. side so they were having issues anyway even trying to um, sell leather head covers just on currency let alone the cost of them people um, didn't really even understand why you would buy a head cover at $50, let alone a hundred. And so um, ha having the Atlantic zone guys in our back corner, got our legs, got the base going and gave us some experience and, and, you know, through some hardships of maybe an order was missing a cover or what, whatever the problem was, it was a local issue and they had people who were accountable and we'd always owe up to uh, whatever, whatever the issue was. And um, so we definitely, uh, always appreciated that. That was, and that was, you know, one of the first zones that we partnered with um, when we decided to and, get and to this date. More involved. Yeah. And, you know, right to today, we're still, you know, partners with this, with our local zone and, and uh, we, we appreciate the support locally. I'm hoping to win one at the Brunello two man or the, uh, the two man. Oh, side. are you coming for that? Oh, if it's a two-man tournament, you know I'll be there. I can rely on someone who hit all the shots for me. I I have a feeling is is a the Bernella one a two-man to start off, Todd, or is it just yeah, a, I think it's straight up? No, I'm 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 pretty sure it's a two-man. Okay. Uh, so now I want to kind of talk about some of the fun stuff that you guys have had to experience with Dormy. Obviously, you mentioned before you've been able to travel all over the place. Uh, I'm assuming met all kinds of, you know, tour pros that we can all kind of drool at the opportunity of, of meeting or have, am I, am I completely off base? Met no one. What? You get a good story, Jeff, about Paul Casey. Yeah, uh, totally. Yeah. We were, uh, down at, uh, um, I was down at Quail Hollow and, uh, and we knew that, uh, he was there and our Mike Francis, who he used to sort of be with Nike he works with us and a local guy um, but traveled he talked about a guy who was uh, had his his time in the in the golf industry he started originally with Ram and then Wilson and uh, worked his way up from in Ontario to uh, yeah being one of the GMs of Nike golf for for the U.S. so um, but he he knew Paul Casey and he said listen I'll shoot him a message tell him that you're hanging around and anyways I, uh, I shouted at him when he was walking by and he just turned around. And he was like, Oh mate, he's like the dormy guys. Yeah. I'm waiting to meet you. And he came over slap five and obviously pre COVID days. And, uh, yeah, it was awesome. I just embraced like he was, again, he was one of the brothers. So it was awesome. Would have broke That's your hand. Would have broke your hand with the forearms. That guy's gosh. Yeah, he's, he's a so stocky guy. Yeah. I still, that's still one of my favorite reactions when he mishit that three iron for the four iron <laughs> and he's looking at the screen and his mouth is just kind of like, what the hell? Yeah. Uh, that is still, he just seems like a real down to earth guy. Um, yeah. He, he, he's been really good to work with and he just got a new contract with Porsche and another, 
Heard of them. Yeah, another software company, and it looks like we're on the uh, we're on a little timeout right now. So we're looking forward to hopefully getting back um, in the bag with him soon. Yeah, are, are there PGA Tour pros right now that have uh, dormy head covers on their on their clubs? Certainly sprinkled around. Yeah. Um, okay. We just did yeah. a thing for Alex Cheka. He's playing on all three tours this year. So I don't, there's not many of those guys that are doing European uh, senior and PGA Tour. So oh, wow. he's senior now. He's senior now. Wow. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but um, you know, like you guys. Yeah, Corey Connors has a yardage book, and Mackenzie <laughs> has head covers and yardage books. Got a, 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 some covers. She she uses them like off and on. Depends, I guess, on who was that? Sorry, Brooke Henderson. Oh no way! Yeah, and we okay. did her family crest, and yep. uh, so that's on her three wood. She usually keeps the ping driver, but she also has one that's kind of like a Muppet style one of herself. You know how Bubba yeah. Bubba did that one of himself, and then yeah. everybody yeah. else was doing. Them. Well, um, I mean, I, I will say Lori Kane has been just uh, one of our our most favorite pros that we've ever met of all time. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, She's a beauty and, and, and huge advocate for us. So uh, you guys yeah. partnered with uh, Graham Delate and did a big promotion for his foundation, correct? Yep. Yeah. We did David Hearn's foundation, uh, Graham Delette's foundation. Those guys um, were early adopters and uh, you know, now they're more, I mean, David Hearn's transitioning into TV and still playing, um, Graham is kind of medical exemption, but he had a, a good run there about half a year ago. So I don't know what his status is right now. Um, but we're looking at, at developing. We definitely have some more plans on developing our PGA Tour uh, player situation, but you really need to be at the events to get these guys to be on board with you. If you need and someone to go, Fred will go. Fritz, What's that? Fred will go. He'll be your, he can be <laughs> your ambassador. He'd yeah. go no problem. <laughs> <laughs> that makes that makes sense i did uh you you, you brought up uh or, you know the, the custom stuff and and i'm sure that a lot of folks are kind of wondering i mean i know myself even as we're talking here i'm thinking shit i'd love to have something custom made how does somebody go about doing that like what's the what's the process a good buddy of mine steve anderson he's got he got one done with the unb and his numbers and they look unreal he was like the, like a kid at christmas when they came um so how do they uh how do people go about doing that is that i'm assuming website yeah and i mean jeff you can you want to tell them about the web the webinars that we got planned yeah sorry there boys i cut up for this two seconds i missed uh but you were talking about custom products yeah just basically i was just wondering like how does somebody go about getting a custom one made and it's really ironic if you're just about to launch a new product because we didn't know this this is not a plug <laughs> <laughs> but we'll make it one <laughs> yeah well i don't know where jeff is but the webinizer is going to be it's it, it's basically you're going to be able to go onto the website and it'll have a three-dimensional fully rotating uh head cover that you can move stripes you can inject uh logos there's going to be uh, color swatches that you can interject and, and play with. So it's kind of like, if you your own. Been, what's that? Yeah. It's, it's going to be cool. So there's, there's that component, which it's like uh, Nike in their shoes. You know, it's, it's, it's slightly guided, but still very custom. Yep. And then if you want to do uh, what your, your friend Steve had said uh, or had done, 
we still have like what we would consider uh, it will be called the concierge service where you'll, you'll work uh, directly with one of our uh, custom sales reps who works directly with the designer and it'll be um, you know, it's, it's a more expensive process and it's, but it's far more uh, detail oriented. And, and I mean, yeah. it's really like, I know I just heard the other day that there could be a cover uh, heading out the door that was 1500 us. So like at this stage, it, it really has turned into like fine art. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, that's believe, awesome. Yeah. I got, the, I got, I got the concierge service for my Friddler custom head covers. I bet. <laughs> what's the craziest what's the craziest thing that you've ever been asked to turn into a head cover i know i've seen you guys take a baseball glove completely apart and turn it into a head cover and like what's the what's an item that someone said can you turn this into a head cover i i would say todd that one right now um and we have uh it coming out for uh, uh an auction item um for uh maple leaf sports entertainment they own the Leafs and the Raps and, and uh, the Argonauts. And they sent us uh, a blocker and, uh, and trapper. Yeah, right up to, my alley. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, so we had, I mean, I mean, so many issues with trying to turn a blocker cover in, or blocker into a cover. It just, those two things don't go together. Oil and water. <laughs> Frederick Anderson, it was his block or his blocker and, and yeah. uh, trapper. No but, way. Yeah. And this, that, that trapper mitt is, is running up. So just to give you a visual, if you think of the way the spine is on those things, it, you know, it almost yeah. looks like a lacrosse yep. uh, mesh. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mesh. Well, that runs up the dead center of the, of the driver on, on our side, uh, on the upper side. Yeah. So, and then the, the back, we used uh, some uh, gator, white gator. So it, it's going to be, I think it's going to fetch a pretty high and it, it was game use. So you can see there's still some puck marks on it and stuff. It's, it's cool. That's crazy. Yeah. That is the is coolest for, thing. Is it for an auction that MLSE is doing? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a foundation, MLSE foundation or lease foundation. One of those, it's a, it's an auction that they have. And I think it might be monthly and, or it's quarterly. I, I, I'm not exactly sure, but it's going to be coming up there. We shipped it off to them about two weeks ago. So do they reach out to you in that scenario and they say, Hey, uh, I was wondering if you guys could do something with this. You just get a random email from the executive no, MLSE. Yeah. That, that one. Um, I don't know is, if Jeff is still there. Cause I know he had. Yeah. The, yeah. yeah no, know? I'm still here. It's uh, you know, we've been partners with MLSE now for, you know, three, probably three years and almost four. And uh, you know, they, we've been, doing tons of different uh you know projects with them and this they had seen all the baseball glove covers we were doing and uh you know how we were you know kind of reclaiming old goods and, and uh they thought well they have a whole bunch of goods that uh they might be able to put to good use for you know raise the money for their foundation so uh yeah this was their team up there seeing some of the stuff we were doing and and uh and, and then the rest is history uh, they sent us some uh, jerseys and the blockers and the mitts and said, what can you do? Well, Fred Anderson might want that trapper back at some point because the last <laughs> few games he's played just yeah. fair. Well, what, another, what happened to my lucky blocker? Another good collab <laughs> that we're working with. And and the thing is, like, once once you, you dive into, uh, 
you know, trying to give back and come up with new ways of fundraising. We, we were doing this thing with play yellow, which you probably heard of on, last weekend. Cause Jack was talking about it on, uh, at the Honda there. Yeah. And that's the, uh, the big fundraiser that they want to hit a hundred million in five years. And I think they're already at 50 million in two. So they're doing pretty good. Um, we're partners with them and they sent us uh, some memorial flags and had uh, Patrick Cantlay, Jack Nicholas. So those are the two signatures on that particular flag. And then they had John Rahm and Jack Nicholas sign these. And we had four. So there's four flags with the two different sets of signatures and we're building head covers and mallet putter covers out of those. And those are going to be going up for auction as well. That's, That's just so cool. Like when you start talking about some of this stuff and I'm like, Oh my shit, like <laughs> there's so much cool crap that you could, you know, like memorabilia that yeah. you could turn into something useful, like a head cover. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that's just going to keep growing as a business uh, over and over. Like that's, that's amazing. Len's going to be in his storage uh, unit later, just digging through stuff being like, can this be a head cover? Can this be well, a head cover? Can well, this I've, be got head a, cover? I've got a 2018, the Patrick Reed year masters. I mean, I'd like to do something with that instead of using it and, you know, hanging that up. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> no, 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 no. Turn no, the 18 awesome. to a 19 and then we'd be in, we'd be in business. Get tigers here. Yeah, we've done some Patrick Reed covers, but it certainly wasn't because of uh, any anything he's done that would be positive side. <laughs> what um, other than other than the uh, the webinizer you you were talking about there? What's next? Kind of the big thing for twenty twenty one that you guys are. I mean, I, I will just say the webinizer is a just a massive project. Like it is for what it's going to be able to do and, and how people are going to be able to interact with it. I, I really believe, you know, this is a, yeah, it's, 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 we probably started talking about it four years ago and that we have been talked off the ledge a few times about doing it, but, uh, um, but yeah, other than that, the webinizer, which again, hopefully be pretty interactive and, and fun for both, you know, a, a guy sitting at home and a, and a, and a pro and a, and a, and a shop, um we have some great uh collaborations coming up and uh we kind of kind of we have to keep most of them under wraps but we do have a good one coming up with TaylorMade. um that uh yeah, it should be pretty sweet for the u.s open uh details will follow on that one oh, nice. um yeah some new releases that uh, new collections that we've been working on uh todd had mentioned nfts earlier Yep. But crypto is in, in Dormy's uh, vision right now. So we'll, I, I don't know exactly how it's going to be, but there's something coming up for it. All right. Love it. We're going to be, we're going to be staying tuned for a oh, hundred crypto updates. Crypto uh, guys. Yeah. Okay. So before uh, we go too much further, I want to, uh, I want to quickly, and this is great because we got two of you guys. So it's going to be sort of like uh, when we had Jamie and Jeff on, uh, we, we like to ask you guys quick, you know, golfing questions before we sign off. So, um, and God knows you guys being brothers, probably a lot of the same answers, but first question I'm going to ask Todd first favorite golfer growing up. Who's your guy that you idolized? There there's, I, I am a pretty big John Daly fan. Nice. Um, nice. Yeah. I, I don't think I tried to model after him, but I have been accused of having some character, uh, characteristics of him <laughs> man i you know what 
<laughs> I thought Todd was going to say Chi-Chi. Oh, Chi-Chi, yeah. Ty Ty Rodriguez. <laughs> yeah. I got to meet Chi-Chi and Bam. Guys, so awesome. Who's yours, Jeff? I, I would definitely say, like, I, it sounds kind of funny, but uh, – and we ended up uh, working with, with his son, uh, but Lee Trevino. No oh, hey. Yeah, he'd be, he'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah, he was just, like – you know, happy-go-lucky guy, yeah, uh, yeah. always smiling, uh, and, and seemed to have a lot of fun on the course. So, not uh, one person ever Trevino. modeled their swing after Lee Trevino. Not one, <laughs> even though he's <laughs> one six majors. <laughs> I know, right? It's Unbelievable. Crazy. He's, he's yeah. giving hope to the rest of us, like me, all hunched over and everything else. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Right, we'll go. We'll go. We'll go. Jeff first on this one, and then Todd. We'll go. Jeff, toughest golf course in Atlantic Canada. Tough. That, is that a question? <laughs> well, we, Brunello. Okay. Well, I knew that was your um, answer, but I had to ask anyway. I know. I'm only, and I'm only teasing. You know what? We used to – I don't want to say trash Brunello because that isn't fair. Uh, but we, we definitely had our feelings about it. Um, and, and now we love it. Like, I, I just couldn't say enough good things about it. And, uh, you know, I believe that the course needs to always be red-staked the whole course and what they did for, uh, uh, you know, the Canadian, uh, Canadian, uh, amateur was way too extreme, but we Brunello. Heard, I've heard that. <laughs> yeah. For Brunello's is awesome. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's really, uh, it's become the hardest and my favorite in the Maritimes. So pretty fast. There may, there may, yeah. And, and there is, I would say, uh, toughest nine hole track. Parsboro. <laughs> I was going to uh, say the yeah. Parsboro Open. <laughs> <laughs> I am curious yeah. this next question. Uh, Todd, your lowest score on record. Not on record. Doesn't mean a tournament, but your lowest score. A magnetic hill. And it was? I, I got it to eight under. <laughs> These guys can shoot. Jeff? Honestly, I was never – I never went that deep ever. Um, but uh, – tournament round was five under at chester and uh skins game i headed down to seven under and it was at a course that i actually can't talk the one in fort pierce todd that we used to go down and play skins game at you remember that one? Oh man um, i i gotta stop asking that question it's just depressing me more and more i gotta figure out more better <laughs> questions to ask um <laughs> I always like um, I always like to ask your like you know give you a second but like your favorite golf moment you know for me I remember it was Tiger's um, well there's there's tons but like one of my favorite golf moments I guess was Tiger hitting that hole in one at the Arizona uh, the Phoenix Open years and years ago ninety seven I think yeah. I remember that like it was yesterday and it was just sort of like it just sort of catapulted golf into the stratosphere um, what would be your favorite golf memory if you can think of one off the top of your head I like is that it. for todd or for me you you sound anxious so you go first oh man i was dreading no i'm kidding uh <laughs> you, know, you know what i if i wasn't gonna go tiger which because there's this you know there are so many amazing tiger moments yeah and uh i, I think honestly it was jordan Spieth's comeback uh at the open i just it was so improbable that he was going to be able to fight back and actually win that friggin' thing. Um, yeah. With the one where he called up the, yeah. I mean, it was just, you know, when he hit it over by the, 
the the trailers there on uh, by the all the titleist plug. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, it was just unreal uh, to think that he could get that back and make that putt. It's just, yeah, it was an exceptional bit of luck, uh, and uh, and then combined with an immense amount of uh, talent. Yeah, I think uh, my favorite moment would would actually be two moments but they were shared on the same green and <laughs> that is because uh, i really like adam scott but obviously mike weir um when those guys made those playoff putts um that was they were both on 10 right yeah yep yeah and that was len matisse was always a guy that i kind of rooted for just because he was kind of a journeyman and and uh and then uh geez where is he with the dagger um, but Adam Scott with that broomstick putter, I was just like, I-, I wanted to make it, but I was so nervous that I was like, can this putter actually win a masters in a playoff? That, yeah. that was what kind of blew my mind was he actually did it Yeah, yeah. against the duck. It's, it's funny that Todd brought up Lematisse, but I actually had qualified for the sectionals for the U S open. And I was playing at this court. I it was at canoe Brook in New Jersey and, uh, Len Matisse was playing in the group in front of me. And I was like, man, I'm so friggin' outclassed here right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And playing behind me was Giuliani's son. Um, oh, who's, gosh. Who's, uh, really? Yeah. So it's quite, quite a mix. Yeah. <laughs> that is quite a mix. Where was that? Canoebrook in uh, New Jersey. No way. Yeah. That's quite, yeah. A, quite a couple of, couple of twosomes. They were probably saying the same thing about you at the time. Well, they're yeah. like who the f is this guy you know? <laughs> uh let's see i think that was i i also had like favorite i feel like the cruise is the answer but maybe not um favorite golf trip one that kind of you know whether it be with the guys or maybe you went to see a tournament but uh what would be your favorite golf trip or destination that you maybe want to go to Jeez, mine's easy really? uh yeah i, I have I have one that's, you know, probably more, I mean, because it was our first time uh, over in Scotland, but, uh, you know, Todd, uh, Alex and myself went over for, uh, you know, scouting trip, trying to get some new courses and uh, just turn it into an epic sales and, uh, and golf trip. It was just amazing. Yeah. Just, uh, an ex- yeah. yeah, an experience all around, like, staying in castles and you know i mean we hit weather like you wouldn't believe like just sun and warmth in uh in that climate is is just unheard of uh we also hit torrential rain and played still so uh we had a little bit of it all my sales trips for redden i was allowed to go to yarmouth (laughs) (laughs) whoa what about you todd okay go play claire um (laughs) the that that scottish trip was was crazy because i remember there was a point where on back-to-back days, I was walking on open courses, like that held the actual open. Yeah. And I went back-to-back and I was like, I hadn't even played two days in a row in Nova Scotia at this stage. So my feet were just walking on cloud nine that whole trip. Um, yeah. But there was one really unique course that we got to play on the cruise ship and it was in Belize. And um, it was owned by a Pennsylvania coal miner and it was just, it was a little island that was shaped like a banana. And on the one end, there was an uh, airport landing strip. 
And then in the middle was kind of like the, your, your hotel and stuff. But as the cruise ship, we would have to take a, a little Islander, which would hold uh, six passengers. And, I, and that was like pilot. I was flying as the assistant pilot, which I, I still don't know how that's even legal to have me with the yoke in front of me. And I'd look oh back at like four people with, with their just smiles ear to ear. So we'd fly to the island, play, and then we'd fly back and then jump on the cruise ship. That was that's, a day. That's unreal. Yeah, that was a day. I was in, it was it was unbelievable, as they say. <laughs> you'd you'd be some good help there if the plane was going down. Hey, yeah, I got yeah. this. <laughs> no, yeah. Nobody panic back there. We're fine. Yeah. Well, they, that plane, I remember we were taken off one day, and I, and I was like, man like our golf gear is on here, but I see them like loading up more boxes and other boxes. Right. So I was like, that's kind of, I could, you could, as the plane started to go, it was slow off the takeaway and we just got the wheels up over the mangroves and, and it just kind of stalled and we're flying flat right across the water. And I was like, man, they, they got too much weight on this plane. This is this, like, I wanted to pull up on that yoke and give the guy a hand. <laughs> Clearly we made it, but it was terrifying. It's uh, it's all the cocaine they were going back and forth there. They had to make sure that they <laughs> they were brown crates or something, man. <laughs> uh, Boys, this was great. Um, I don't know if there's. Uh, I mean, obviously, we covered what's coming up. Are you guys coming to PEI anytime soon? We're going to play the open about that border. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As soon as the border opens up, obviously. Were you playing the island open for sure? Love Stanhope, it. Stanhope Love open it. maybe. Stanhope open for sure. Oh, yeah. Boom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, uh, he was saying, uh, Ben was saying that there's a Creek open now. we got a lot of, apparently um, been hearing like PEI has more, the most tournaments sort of, you know, like uh, organized tournaments uh, in the Maritimes for the most part. Like they, they, they do a bunch of them. I remember there was one year where I, I bet you I must've spent 300 in, in bridge fairs trying to go across and play um, nice. because there were so many events, but, um, it's good that it's it's on an uptick because I know we hadn't played the Island Open there for a while and it seems to be back and growing, which is yeah. awesome. A testament yeah. to uh, Jamie. Yeah. And then uh, Stanhope's always been our uh, favorite for everybody. So yeah, those two are the like the locks. You know, those are the those are the majors for us. We love it. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fred, you could your little goofy ass grin. I wish people could see how big your smile is right now. Talking about the Stanhope Open. <laughs> it's the, I'm telling you, man. When you pull up on the Friday, the pro am, and everyone's just there on the rain. It's. I'm, it's, it's awesome. I mean, we look. It's awesome. We've already booked our place. Yeah, we got a place. Huge oh, car. Yes. Around Bayshore Road. That's what we got to do. We got to start setting out the times that these registrations are going to be open. Every one of them is going to be just full. Yeah. Right. Right. Immediately. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that's pretty much, uh, that's all. I, I don't have any more questions. Fred, what about you? I'm, I'm saving mine for the episode two later this season. when We have an update on the, uh, on the, uh, what's coming in. What's coming. Next. Well, yeah. And cause there are a couple, there's a couple big ones that, uh, I think we're really going to just. What was that? Sorry. What's that? No, like there's basically NDAs on these agreements. Oh yeah, of course, of course. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's unreal. Yeah. Um, well, it yeah. has been uh, a pleasure meeting and talking to you guys. Uh, you know, the Dormy's doing. Um, I mean, 
it's the envy of anybody that has them on their bag. So you're doing absolutely amazing work and uh, look forward to seeing what, uh, what's coming up. <laughs> the web, the <laughs> web design thing sounds amazing. So uh, good luck guys. And uh, yeah. Thanks yeah, we'll for look forward to guys in the links. Yeah, man. And thanks for all the kind words. I mean, we, we really appreciate it. And, and we do pinch ourselves every day thinking uh, about where we're at right now. So, yep, definitely. All right. Till the next time when we're doing beers on the deck, uh, oh, we'll have a little, wait. maybe a little best ball of Brunello followed by beers on the deck or something. Oh yeah. Now we're talking. Fritz, Fritz <laughs> our official setup man for all golf tournaments. Every, every time we talk to somebody, he's plugging some sort of, I want to, I want to play them. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks very much for joining us. Thanks yeah. Todd. Thanks, thanks Jeff. Buddy. All right, guys. See you guys. So that was a dormy boys. Uh, Can't thank those boys enough. That was awesome. Uh, I learned a ton because I didn't know. I kept asking them about, you know, how'd you start? What was your big order and all that kind of stuff? And I had no idea. And the business side just interests me. You so had a much. pencil and paper beside you. Oh, man. Trying to take, the entrepreneur uh, in me was just uh, yeah. spring. Asking about leathers. <laughs> things got exciting yeah. um but yeah that was that was really cool um i i know that like like i said i've got the dormy head cover and it's going to last me forever um and uh i can't wait yeah. for the uh the breaking stuff as it comes out this year because they they did say they have a, a few things in the not in the works like three things that are done yeah but they have to wait to uh, announce them. I just so. saw like they had NHL logo ones, um, and uh, those look mint. And they those just, are unbelievable. They just did a blackout collection too, where all their their famous head covers for years past. They've done an all black. Yeah, they're yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, I, like I, it's good to catch up with them. I haven't uh, see, seen them in a while, but uh, I I did know them from before they started Dormy. Like when uh, Todd was uh, talking about lined up. Mm-hmm. I remember at the tournaments they used to come and they used to travel together in a in a kind of one of those buses that you could sleep in. Why does this not surprise me at all? And uh, you know the surfer vibe, right? The yeah. surfer bus, and they had the uh, the, the lined up putting markers, and they're going around the putting green before the event, showing people. And like they were they were pretty cool. Now this was before. Remember when ball markers? They always used to be really small, right? People using yeah. the dime or the yeah. little foot joy logo yeah, yeah, from the yeah. glove. Yeah. They came out with the lined up ones, and these things were manhole covers, Big right? Guy. Really? And they never really—I don't think they took off. But then it was like a year later that all of a sudden now it was poker chips. Yeah, poker chips got huge, and all of a sudden became those big head covers. So they were just—I think they were just behind on the on the lined up uh, putting things. I think the markup on not markup, but I think the business for head covers is much more than a ball yeah, marker. Ball yeah. markers, but they—they yeah, they were also know, the first guys with like. They had the skateboard shoes on the course and the <laughs> flat brim hats and like the the fashion. I still, I still can't pull those off. Those flat brim hats. Me neither. What, Me what, and my stupid melon that's just too large. What is your what are is your fashion golf fashion? Are you up there? Uh, do you keep up with it? And do you try to? Well, we talked about Chris earlier. My golf fashion strictly relies on hand me downs from my brother Chris. Oh, yeah. oh, really? Yeah, I don't. I buy nothing new. Anything that I get, like this is how bad I am. I don't buy shirts unless I'm going somewhere like, like a like a souvenir type thing that I played this golf course. I like Masters. I spent a fortune, um, but most of my stuff. Like he's in the industry, and he used to have like a like a, a budget for clothes and stuff. And he's got he's a fashion guy. If you follow my friend, his his he's always got 
like the loudmouth pants or bright colors. So I've got like, I like it because now I have all these loud colors and everything else. Um, you know, I don't mind wearing them every so often. But, but for your standard, you know, you get home at 12, bite to eat, you're playing Fox Meadow at 2. Are you putting an outfit together tonight, pants, belt, matching shoes? Well, if it shirt. is pants, it, if it is pants and belt and whatever, it will be probably loud. I'm probably 50-50, okay. regular and loud. Um, and then uh, my problem is, and Chris, if you're listening to this, I need shorts. I need loud shorts. He probably doesn't have a lot because that's not something that, you know, he can't wear around the office, blah, blah, blah. But uh, it's funny, actually, Kevin Dillette. Duolette? 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 Oh, we're butchering it. That's all right. Sorry, Kev. Anyway. He'll just bench press us. No kidding. (laughs) Both of us. Bicep curl, one each. Anyway, but he he loves it, and we we tease each other everything. I am bringing the noise here this week because he's got all that stuff, too. eh? He loves wearing the bright colors and stuff. It's fun. I... uh when I was in the business there, I was always about the outfits for the tourneys. Oh, I've seen a picture of your nice outfit oh. in your tourneys. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm will be s- tweeting that one out. Send that one. <laughs> um, yeah. I got actually... Cowboy hat. So this is how I would... Cut off jeans. This is how I would do it, and I'll tell you why. So when I go away to a tournament, <laughs> you need th- I need three outfits, okay? You need one for the Pro-Am. So let's say it's a weekend tournament. I need one for the Pro-Am on the Friday. All right. One for Saturday. Yeah. One for Sunday. Yeah. So Pro-Am, you got to go tame, all right? Because it's not about you and the Pro-Am. It's about the team you're playing with. So, you know, it's standard pants. This is good information. I would have thought the opposite. I would have thought Pro-Am because it doesn't matter. Just go nuts. Nope. Pro-Am, it's about the the team you're playing with. All right. Okay. So I go tame. Tame pants, shirt. But they got to match, man. They got the shoes and the belt and all that stuff. Let's not joke around. Do you bring multiple pairs of shoes? Three. Okay. Continue on. My sometimes eye, my eyes are rolling. Here. Sometimes too, I can go pro am and Sunday with the same pair, but you can't go back to back. Okay. Now Saturday, I wear my loud outfit, and when I say loud, I'm talking like not loud like loud mouth, but loud like matching, and just you got to go. You're making a statement. Well, I have to. I have to on Saturday because Sunday I play early when no one sees the outfit right no i understand so if i was to so say you could get a mid-afternoon tea time on saturday correct everybody's gonna see it correct and then then you're gonna shoot 84 correct and then you're gonna be out first no one's gonna sunday see it. it's johnny cash you black could, and black and up could, the fairway i go you could wear your pajamas uh, you could wear your pajamas there and so out. no one's gonna see you i remember one year stand up open i showed up on the saturday and i had matching powder baby blue puma pants Puma shirt, white shoes, white belt. Man, before I left the house, I'm telling you, I looked in the mirror. I'm like, I fucking look good today. Nice. Like, I look, nice. you know, look good, play good. Yeah. I showed up to stand up, got out of the car. I got carved alive. People are jealous. On the man. driving range. People are je- I, I, I know the feeling. People but are I, jealous. Last year, I did the joggers and the high tops. I Once again, I'm like, I, like, I felt comfortable. Yeah. I felt the outfit worked. I got massacred. <laughs> Both on and off in golf course, on and off. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, anyway. I don't know. I, lo- I, love, uh, I love golf fashion. Like you like making a statement. Day in, uh, yeah, but not so much like like the loud mouth. Not that loud. Like the Somewhere Ricky in Fowler uh, yep. kind of, yep. you know, because he's not really that loud. I mean, right now, God, yeah, he's, he's gotten rid of the orange. Oh, man. She should bring back the orange. Boys were calling me. Boys called me. Papa Smurf for three years after that Puma 
baby blue outfit. That's brutal. That's neck, brutal. Oh. And I they're thought, sticking with their white and their khakis. Oh, my and, goodness. Know, like... Tim York, he's got the shorts up so high, the pockets are showing underneath them. His big leather wallet sticking out of the back, and he's chirping me for wearing high tops and joggers. Yeah, brutal. Steve Anderson wearing a shirt, fourth size is too small, you know, <laughs> just to make sure that every vein in his biceps is showing when he's hitting those high cuts. Oh, uh, anyway, I am. Uh, I do like the fashion, so <laughs> I'm always looking at uh, the big thing now is sneakers, like the you can get like Nike Air Maxes or all those in spikeless. They're pretty cool. I got yeah. a pair of uh, Asics sneakers for work, the golf course last year. Sometimes with the spikeless, and I love wearing them because they're so comfortable. They're like sneakers, but you can't wear them in the rain, man. At least no. not not the way I swing, I guess, because I'm falling all over the place. Anyway, yeah, most people probably just time. wouldn't play in the rain. That's a solid point. <laughs> but if you're mid round and it that's starts true. misting and that's that's yeah, I'm not I'm not typically teeing off. Or if you're gunning for two hundred rounds and you're at one eighty and you need to <laughs> squeeze a couple in the fall. I will say that there's been a couple times where I teed off looking at the forecast, thinking it's going to stop in the next half hour to an hour, oh, saying, yeah. Well, I'll be out there already. I'll get a jump start that's on this. That's true. It's not a bad uh not a bad way to do it. All right. Um let's uh What do you want to rock and roll with our Dell match play? Okay, so I want to do a little recap last week, um, which which I'm kind of proud of. We have definitely all tied up at three. I don't I don't even remember your picks. I remember one of them was hot for the first round. JB Holmes yeah, yeah, shot JB nine Holmes. over on Sunday <laughs> to go from tie two to tie forty seven, so he bumped me out. Cameron Tringali shot round. two over on Sunday, mm. who he was inside the top ten, yep. which I had him picked, and yep. he dropped out. And I had Joaquin Neiman, who really didn't materialize all week. But I thought I had Saturday night going to bed. I said I got two locks tomorrow. You do, yeah. I, I kind of thought so too. Um, and they both. So my highlight was Hadwin. I had him top ten. He finished, I think, two T nine. I don't know where it ended up because that kept changing. The I mean that was a tough golf course. Everybody was up and down. But yeah. anyway, I had him at uh, eight point five. So I ended up cashing uh, eight. $85 only bet 30 I only bet my picks this week so I was up 50 some odd dollars that offsets my loss from last week I'm going to send out a spreadsheet here I was down so down all three I'm now up 35 on the golf I like it all uh, right but before we I, I still want to talk a little bit more about our picks from last week I had Keegan he didn't he didn't uh, make my top 20 and I picked uh what was it? Fratelli what was his, what's his Dylan Fratelli Dylan I want to call him <laughs> David again. Anyway, <laughs> um, so I had Dylan Fratelli, and he was at nine to one. I had him as my top five pick. He missed the cut, but uh, some uh, who sent me somebody sent me. Oh, you know who was it? Curtis Hall. He sent me a screenshot of a tournament. Oh my god, I should find it really quick here. And it was basically held in New Brunswick. And I'm just looking up my Instagram messages here. Did he play in it? Vertelli won it in in New Brunswick, and this was a while ago. Like obviously. the Baird East Coast Amateur? That's what, exactly what it's called. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a big tournament they used to they used to host every year. It got a lot, a lot of top, top players from well, the U.S. Okay, and Canada. Well, okay, so, and uh, this is another piece of information I, we should tweet out, is because it, it didn't just show, you know, Vertelli out there. Oh, there'd be a lot of players that are Welton now was there. well known. Oh, yeah, Welton. Yep. Um, who I think was also one-handed chipping. Um, Did you see Rory? 
I know. I sent okay, that hold out. on. We'll wait for that sidebar for a second, but I know you sent that to me. Um, oh, shoot. I don't know where he sent it to me. But anyway, he sent me. But uh, same tournament, Anthony Warren tied third. Tied third. Yep. That I, same time. I remember when he did that. Yeah, and then the following year, Fratelli finishes in the top whatever. Corey Connors is on the list. Like, yeah, it was the biggest amateur event. To, like A lot of players from uh, U.S. came up for it. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. That was so cool to, to see. I, I I got a real good kick out of it anyway. But uh, yeah, I did see Rory wanted <laughs> doing the one-handed. Uh, I, thought, I thought you DM'd him. I thought you jumped into his. I thought you creeped in his DMs on Instagram. I'm telling you, I'm the trendsetter. And uh, by the way, people are asking me like we were at the the simulator, and they were like, "Wow, geez, I see you're still doing the one-handed chipping." That's where I started it last year. Was doing it at the simulator. So you, I just are you doing it again this year? A hundred percent, I'm doing okay. it this year. You know, I do. What if it lets you down, say, two rounds in a row? Is it going to be, I got to go back to two handed, or you just, do you stick no, with this? No, my game plan is to, because I'm not doing it in the sand, obviously, that's just torturous. But um, I, I've got sort of a swing thought. I'm doing better at like sort of what, what I struggle with now is like 40 to, you know, 80 yards, that that range. Yeah, that's a, lo- that's a little long for the one handed chip. Can't like, do one handed. You have to take a pretty good and cut. And I at was it. doing it too. I played like the. Uh, Fox Metal Club Championship, and I had a forty. I remember having fifty yard shot, and I'm like, "Yep, yeah, I'll one hand this." Anyway, scalded. But uh, anyway, stay tuned because I, if I can just do the one handed like thirty yards and in, golden. Nice. All right, Dell match play. Yeah, let's All do right. it. Well, so for the you know what, just no, so you have, uh, what hmm? I'm going to send out, I'm going to send out a quick gambling tip for the Puerto Rico. Uh, tournament i know it's the secondary tournament uh but my boy roger sloan had a really good weekend he finished uh he did yeah 25th corrales uh, punta cana he cool 52 grand i think i saw was the what he won for the weekend and he he was second best round on saturday uh he played super well anyway so i if you can find i can't find it on cool bet um because they i think they're just focusing on the wdc but if you can find a top 20 top 10 on Roger Sloan in Punta Cana. He's hot, baby. He's going for it. Do it. Okay, so for, for the match play, we're doing um, top four. So make the final four. So we're each picking four players. Okay. Uh, well, to make the final four. All right. I haven't even looked at this yet. I know you have, so you start. Okay. Uh, f- my first pick to make the final four is Kevin Kisner. Okay, I'm writing this down because it's a lot easier. Oh, he's a match play dog. He is a match play dog. And you know what? The fact, if you didn't pick him, I was going to pick him. But now that you have, I'm definitely not picking Kevin Kisner. Okay. Because he's everybody's favorite to, to match play player. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the first guy that I'm going to pick on the, the match play, I'm going to go with. I'm going with Corey Connors. Okay. My God, that's a bad pick. Anyway, I'm doing it. It's uh, it's already in. Yeah. Uh, second player I'm going with another uh, I think would be a good solid match play player Cameron Smith. Been playing well. Yeah. Uh, he played well in the Ryder Cup in that format where it's kind of you versus me. Yep. So yeah, Cameron Smith. <laughs> yeah, they're all you versus me. By the way, that's true. Um, I am going to go. Let's see. See, you got to pick guys that are like mentally like super strong. Um, <laughs> So not me? No, not not and yeah, no. I um, and it, right now as we're taping, it has started. I'm just going to let you know. 
Rory McIlroy is losing. He's five down through 12 to Ian Poulter. Poulter's, Poulter's a match play dog. Oh, I can't, but now I can't pick him because he's five up. You know what? Yes, I can. I'm picking Poulter because I've just said that he still has eight strong, more matches. And I think he is to, he is a, he's a, he's mentally strong, I think, Ian Poulter. Okay. I'm going with. Uh, Especially after pounding the piss out of Rory, he's going to be buzzing out there. I'm going with uh, Patrick Reed. Sorry, Brian. Brutal. Well, I learned my lesson with Patrick Reed. I hope he loses 13. <laughs> 13 up? I don't know. 13 up. It's not even possible. I don't know if that's a... Walking off the course after 15. Yeah. Um, let's go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Homa. Max Homa. Okay. I think, uh, you know, dealt with some adversity and away you go. So uh, my final pick to make the final four is... Justin Thomas. I'm shocked. So Thomas, Kisner, Smith, Reed. All right. Um, Thomas is playing well. I, I noticed how like we've <laughs> stayed away from like the top ten. Um, uh, let's see. Let's see. I <laughs> my last pick. Um, he might be the first guy out, but it's hard not for me to pick him is going to be Colin Morikawa. Colin I picked him a couple Morikawa. times. All right, so I got all ours okay. written down. To recap, you've got Kisner, Cameron Smith, Patrick Reed, Justin Thomas. Yep. I have Corey Connors, uh, Ian Poulter, Max Homa, and Colin Morikawa. That's a lot of picks. Yeah, I know. That's too many. We can't bet $10, and that was $80, for Christ's sakes. Then narrow it down to two. Of the well, I'm just going to put $5 on them to make the final four. All right. Well, pick two. Who's your top two? Uh, Cameron Smith and Kevin Kisner. Okay. So the, your first two are your top two. Yeah. For me, I'm going with... Um, I'm going Ian Poulter and Max Homa as my two top picks. There you have it, folks. All right. Coolbet.com. Yeah. Get on there, register, green 100. I am going to do that, actually. I'm going to bet the, the matches because it hasn't started yet. Bet, bet the matches. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, thanks to... Yeah, wrapping up. Well, uh, big thanks. Stormy. Use uh, green 100 on CoolBet. Um, and uh, big thanks to them and to you for using the code. And um, it, it doubles your bet or doubles your deposit up to 200 bucks, which is awesome. Free money. Free money. And I don't know about you, but I've been got you know been betting like the NHL, and I had a bunch of money on Colorado to beat Arizona last night, and they lost in a damn shootout. Shootouts get you every time. Unreal. Anyway, all right. But uh, yeah, let's wrap. That's uh, that's a wrap here. It's uh, March twenty fourth, and it's sunny and beautiful out. Let's this get outside. Week. Yeah, this time. So. Uh, have a good week, everybody. Thanks for listening. and uh, Thanks to the Dormy guys and to your brother for coming on. Yep. And uh, we'll, ta- we'll, we'll talk to everybody next week. All right. Later, guys. <laughs> Later. Bye. Bye.